0: Uh, sure. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, is, in that case, this I'm doing is not all business, Robert. Talking all business, all business, Robert. That's what they call you, right? All business, Robert. Everyone calls me that. Yeah. Yep. Because you're all business. All the time. It's kind of a that I got to admit the nickname is kind of on the nose. <laughs> I wish it was more alliterative. Right. It's not like when you call like a super huge guy tiny or something like like. Right. You flip it what would it, what would an alliterative all business Robert be
0: I don't know that's tough
1: rollways no like, <laughs> yeah just like it would just go like
0: what's the Astro is that the dog's name on the jetsons
1: yeah what's I guess a lot of dogs are afflicted with that scooby doo yeah, yeah
0: not uh not so good with the enunciation
1: well they they really like to hit the r's pretty hard, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to the Successful Users Podcast, featuring Samuel Hulick and Robert Graham. So, so today we're doing a bit of a, a bit of a, a switch, switch up, I guess you could say, to the format. It's true we're going now to that we've wrong. now that we've landed on a format that everybody likes, we're gonna just throw a wrench right in the works
0: we're gonna throw it away,
1: yeah, would you care to would you care to introduce this uh the the wrench?
0: uh sure, so we got an email from a a loyal listener uh Nick keegan um and he was curious if we could talk about balancing usability and security, Uh, and he specifically brought up a few things, and uh, so what we're going to do today is we're going to bring up a few topics uh, around security, things like uh, two-factor auth, Um, and we're also going to bring up a few tips for ways that we think you can balance those things. We're just going to kind of go through that, so it's not going to be a traditional... Uh, Samuel Robert trade off but we're going to sort of bring up the things uh run through them and uh give our input on them and then see see how it goes
1: Yep Robert's Robert's stepping up I would say like you're host A I'm host B on this one Yeah If we uh, were if we were slow dancing uh at at the uh, VFW you would be leading
0: <laughs> That sounds fair to say um I've I've got the list in front of me uh but i think I think Samuel's gonna have some some key insights here, so everyone should stay tuned
1: i'm gonna c- cu- i'm gonna snipe you
0: yeah i I think you might maybe you'll sink some battleships along the way. It'll be a different role for you
1: <laughs> yeah i would i would i'm curious to know what that's like, so that should be exciting yeah and uh yeah, you're on with sniping with Samuel
0: <laughs> hey there's something alliterative there you go uh yeah all right well i think I think what we're gonna have to do here is get started. Um, and I think the way I'm going to do this, uh, is, is go with the topics first and kind of work the tips in. Um, and I think the heaviest topic I've got here is the one I've already mentioned. So I think we're going to start with here is two factor off. And my first question about this, Samuel is, do you have an account that you use two factor off with? Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the one where the where they they text you when you log in, right? Right. Yes. Well, actually, so just out of curiosity, two factor could could it be? It doesn't mean uh, like website and phone. It means two two factors. Right. So what are the other factors that could be into play? Like uh, uh you like could have fingerprints, right. or like a retina scan. A retina
0: scan. Yeah, you could have that. You could have a physical token. Like a key or a, oh. you know some kind of thing like that. Hmm. Um, there are like there are f- uh, yeah key fobs that like generate random numbers similar to like the G Authenticator app that you use for for Gmail two factor auth.
1: Like a but, uh, like a like a USB drive.
0: Yeah, it looks like that, but it kind of it's its own like physical token that you have to use for for authentication.
1: Wow, have you ever used one of those? I have actually. What? Yeah. Wow. Did you just feel like just super powerful?
0: Yeah, it was a big distraction. I spent most of the day just brushing my shoulders off.
1: What did this give you like a dandruff problem?
0: <laughs> no, I was just so awesome. Oh, I felt I see.
1: obligated to show off. Yeah. Well, Okay, so the so d- your question was do I ha- do I or have I used uh, accounts with two factor? Indeed I have.
0: Okay. Um, well, I have, I have also, um, and I will say uh, I feel like the, the flow for Gmail is pretty solid. Um, I've, I've definitely also done it with GitHub, and one, one thing I'm going to say about two-factor auth here is I, what I, one thing I liked about GitHub is that I didn't need a separate app that GitHub kind of integrated with the geo-authenticator app that's already on my phone. I could just plug in and say, "Hey, add add GitHub here," and uh, now I just have like two little numbers that show up on my phone, and I can use those for my accounts. And I didn't have to like create a new app or download something. Uh, so that's kind of one of my things that I would encourage people that that need two-factor auth for their apps to do is is these types of things or integrate with something that makes it makes it a little easier. So uh, most likely, people already have something doing.
1: So wait, it was there was some something called G Authenticator that was already on your phone.
0: Yeah, uh, it's an app that you get for. Well, I think it's one of the options for doing two factor auth with Gmail. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess it's just Authenticator, but the the logo is a big G, so I think of it as G Authenticator.
1: Yeah, because it's gangsta. Yeah, straight. Is that like an Android thing or that's, it's uh, uh, what's the word, uh, mobile it, agnostic?
0: I think it's agnostic, but I, I mean, I have the Android version of it. Hmm. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, the,
1: so that's kind of like the OAuth of phone two-factor auth.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it.
1: Fair enough. All right. I don't have anything to add to that.
0: So do you, what? how does yours work? Uh, like you get, you text and like text back a code or you get texted a code and you use that code?
1: So, so yeah. So I I go to like log into g- g- Gmail, uh, especially if it's on like a new computer that, you know, that I haven't used to access it before. And then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to send a, a four digit text to star, 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 dash, star, star, number, number. And then I'm like, all right. And then also it's like, brr, brr. And then I type it in, right? Right.
0: Yeah, I've got some that worked that way. Um I think one of the other options with Google is to get the get this app that generates these numbers and then they expire. Like it's constantly regenerating the numbers every maybe ten seconds or so. And then you've got to type in the current number whenever you try to log in from a an unknown device.
1: Wow. Yeah, very exciting stuff. I think uh MailChimp has like a standalone app.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I kind of think it makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that you could integrate with the one with the authenticator app that that Google put out. But now that I know you can, I feel like that should be a common practice.
1: Yeah. I think you get like 10% off your MailChimp bill every month if you, if you do the two factor. Oh, really? I think so. It's a, it's like a pretty gaudy number.
0: That's interesting. That's a nice little tip right there.
1: See, I told you I was going to do all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You just made everybody money.
1: <laughs> Let's see. Two factor discount. Uh, yeah, alter ego is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, save ten percent on any monthly plan. Boom. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah,
0: that's just cash money we're throwing at you.
1: My monthly plan plan just went up. Oh, well, um, that's, I'm, I don't uh, know whether to congratulate you or. I know, right. Yep, a little uh, mailchimp giveth, mailchimp taketh away. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, uh, just went up to the triple digits. So does pen- that
0: does that feel like the uh, like a punishing tax bracket? You know, where you right like, you just barely sneak in
1: and then suddenly you get hit. Yep. Oh, yep. Uh, I'm I'm being penalized for being so successful.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a stomach punch. <laughs>
1: Well worth it, though. Well worth it. Right. Heck of All a right. service, and obviously, hey, if you're uh, you read up on Nathan Barry, you'll know you'll know that that uh, that email list is worth every penny.
0: For sure. Uh, so the other things I would bring up about two-factor auth is, uh, like most things, security-wise, I think it should be optional if possible. I think most of the accounts that we've mentioned, it is optional. Um, I think you need to do as the best job you can of explaining the benefits of something like two-factor auth because a lot of people are not going to understand. Um, when you get deeper into the security stuff, even your technical audience is going to not always be familiar with what you're trying to accomplish and why. Mm. Um, and I think something that Google does fairly well is when you have a complicated security process like this, um, I think you basically want to treat it like like onboarding, so you want to have. I think you called it like the yellow brick road effect, where you can kind of see where you're going.
1: Oh, Emerald City sure. in the distance.
0: Yeah, so you want to make sure you can see the steps to success. You want to make sure people see the progress that that they're making, um, and and just kind of smooth that out as best you can. And it's also nice if uh, you you kind of look around at what other people are doing for this and try to be consistent and, and sensible ways. I think. The, the the UK government guidelines for UX put it interesting. I think it's I think it's a good mantra. They say be consistent, not uniform.
1: Mm, I don't get it.
0: Um, I think you kind of interpret it a bunch of ways, but I just took it as like adopt recognizable practices that are common. Uh, but you don't have to just like do exactly what everyone else does. Just make sure people understand that it's the same thing.
1: Fair enough. Who who could argue with that?
0: <laughs> who indeed?
1: I think also with two, with if you if you're trying to get people to take action on two factor auth, you just instill the fear of God in them.
0: How do you feel about the discount thing? Do you think that's a good play?
1: Well, I can certainly see it making sense for mail mailchimp. <laughs> mailchimp's perspective because like a, a two-factor auth customer is that much less hackable and spammable and all kinds of bulls right and then i guess maybe you have their phone number too i don't know about that
0: yeah that's an interesting point marketing wise
1: mailchimp does seem to be a company that lives its values where it's like look there's a reason like we have the double opt-in for when people sign up like with it. They're a very anti-spam company, but they walk the walk as well. Right. It's not just like, hey, we don't want to uh, lose our company. Yeah, it's
0: not just CYA kind of stuff. It's like, this is the
1: right thing to do. Yeah, they seem to be invested in, 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 uh, in creating a better world. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think they're very authentic. Now, authentic, I think that's a good way to put it. Two-factor authentic. Oh, bam! That's a good transition point um, so, to, to anything else.
0: Yeah, literally two-factor authentic. We're gonna authentically change topics now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so one of the other big ones, and I feel like you definitely are gonna have some some thoughts on this one, is uh, password requirements. Oh, do I, uh, boys? So, do you wanna do you wanna lead it off? Because I, you sound excited already.
1: Um, no, you, 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 uh, you, you throw the pinata up in the, in the tree and I'll take a whack at it. Okay. Uh,
0: so I'm sure everyone's familiar with it, but in case someone is unfamiliar, this is just where people force you to have, you know, numbers or digits or capital letters or special characters or limit your length or just like various standards, someone can apply to passwords when you sign up for an account. Uh, and I think... These are usually pretty frustrating, uh, and a lot of security experts and and armchair security experts uh, have sort of debunked it as a useful practice because it increases like people's tendency to write passwords down and make them less secure uh, because they can't remember what you're forcing them to use. Um, so I think my... General recommendation here is is to shy away from that style of requirement and that if you have a requirement at all, uh, it shouldn't be to limit length and you should basically just check what people are doing against a pure dictionary um, and probably not let them, you know, pick incredibly simple words that will be broken by a dictionary attack. But other than that, uh, phrases and stuff and all, all kinds of stuff like that should be perfectly
1: fine. Yeah. Boy, just, just hearing you give that rundown, I was like, I could literally talk about passwords for, like, three hours.
0: Yeah, it's real. Oh, it's sticky.
1: Just pop pop, o- pop open a cold one, watch the sunset on your porch, and just talk passwords. <laughs> talk passwords. Yep. Well, I'm ready.
0: Let's sit down on the magic carpet and, and hear a little bit of this. Maybe not three hours, but...
1: Yeah. uh, so Yeah, just smash cut to, like, three hours later. <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, all right, so I would say, first of all, from an onboarding perspective, when you're creating your account, a lot of times you'll see uh, the password and the repeat password fields right next to each other. Yes. And to me, that, that's, a, that's a big ish-no-think-so, because uh, that is a super recoverable problem, where basically uh, the likelihood that they're going to misenter their password to begin with is really, really low. Um, and if they do, then they'll just get frustrated and then say forgot password and fix it. So making them just adding that much, little bit more friction into the sign up process to me, it just makes no sense at all. So that's, that's a, that's a layup in my, in my book.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, and I, I endorse that in general.
1: And then another onboarding centric, uh, point is that, uh, I, like if you have a bunch of like weird clandestine rules for what can or cannot go into your password. First of all, let me let me backtrack. If you're like a bank or whatever, I mean, and it's like especially a bank is the, like the worst. But so many times you'll see where it's like you can't use spaces, periods, or parentheses or whatever. <laughs> like if you yeah. you're restricting what people can do. A like lot of times for- you can't use like Unicode characters either. Yeah, so I just do emojis. Gotcha. No, I, I don't. That would be good, though, right? It seems like a good move, yeah. Pizza, pizza, praying, hands, crying. <laughs> Throw a chair. Is that an emoji? Yeah, have you never seen that one? No. Oh, yeah. We'll have to link that in the show notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I would say, so first of all, I, I guess just like because like you'd be like my real escape string. Like you would just make that your password, and then all of a sudden you can just hack into everybody's bank accounts. Is that the theory?
0: Yeah, uh, like you you make like a rainbow table of all these different basic passwords, and then just try all of them against everybody's account.
1: Right, but it's specifically, why they would be saying you can't use these characters?
0: Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably. <laughs> it's it's probably not a good reason at all. Like there's some prob- some like underlying technical limitation that they're trying to not have to deal with, like the database uh, string encoding or something doesn't support certain right. things, or they're like the way that they're hashing it or the way that they uh, like they need to strip things out of it for some reason then it's
1: problematic. Right. M- my assumption was always that it's like uh. Um, like they can't escape the string cr- properly. So like if you typed, if your password Sorry. was like open bracket question mark, you, you know, select table users drop or whatever, like right, little Bobby tables, <laughs> little Bobby tables. That's right. Yeah. We'll have the link to that in the show notes too. <laughs> we will. Um, yeah. There's probably like 18 different XKCD cartoons we could bring up in this episode. Um, but yeah, there definitely are. So, so yeah. So I would say, I don't know. Nobody listening to this is probably like, "Oh, I shouldn't restrict uh, characters." But anyway, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but if you are requiring that certain kinds of characters be used, for example, you know, uppercase letter, uh, lowercase letter, number, and a, and a special character, and it has to be this many letters long, and it has to can't you know include the name of your firstborn dog or whatever, then I would say just if, if you have super weird rules, God bless you, first of all. Second of all, lay them out there. Do not make me submit it like five times and then it'd be right. like just discovering all these new rules as I go along. That I do not like.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it should be spelled out ahead of
1: time too. Not like I type in a password and you tell me what's wrong with it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be playing blind man's bluff here. I yeah. guess it would be more like Marco Polo, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. But anyway, just lay out the rules ahead of time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and they should probably be pretty visible, because I've seen them sometimes where it's like, password field,
0: and then there's some sort of text near it, but I don't look at it, because it's like, oh, yeah, I'll put in my password. And then, all of a sudden, this box lights up, and it's like, oh, you need all this. Oh, well, why didn't you say that?
1: Yeah. Totally. I, I hear you, bro. And then there's also the thing of, like, um the like the password strength indicator. Where it goes yeah. from like you know poor to fair or whatever, and uh, I I was just I was <laughs> I was just reviewing one for Google the other day, and yep. it started out at poor with a red underline, and uh, which first of all I would tend to say when you're doing inline validation, maybe don't just you know spike it back in people's face before they even have an opportunity to screw up. Right. Like let it, like do like, you know, if the if you're leaving focus from the field, something like that. I don't know. But just just starting on like what could I have possibly done to avoid getting you to tell me that I did poorly, first of all. But anyway, so you like it's it's poor before you even start. And then if you type in a few letters, it'll uh it'll go up to weak. Yeah. And weirdly, weak is also not like you can't proceed with a weak password right so the whole password strength thing to me doesn't because it's always like you know good like is that like is good good or should i shoot for excellent every time and then also why have two states if if both poor and weak mean you can't proceed why not just make that a state right unacceptable right and then yeah I agree with you i've I feel like
0: I'm playing a mini game or something whenever I put in a good password so it's like, well what if I just keep adding like emojis at the end of this Is this suddenly is this an excellent password now you know and right uh I also feel like it's not not really all that consistent like the way that that whole thing works is uh kind of biased in a way that that doesn't necessarily detect all good passwords it just It's looking for specific things.
1: Well, and it certainly varies from site to site, I'm sure. Yeah, it does. And then, uh, so then on that note, there's also the the school of thought that you don't need to throw in crazy uh, hacker-like, you know, ones for L's kind of stuff, but just type a really long password and then it becomes much harder to brute force guess. Yeah, that's another XKCD. Correct horse battery staple. Exactly. Right, and so uh, simple. Um, are big users of the of what the, they even call it a pass phrase, just to make you not even think of it as a password. Right. So how do you feel about that? Why is that? Why is it not more widely adopted? Let's phrase, let's 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 come in on that angle.
0: I don't know. I th- I feel like the the password strength of like random string of characters got a lot of momentum, even though it doesn't doesn't really make that much sense. And I, I kind of agree with, like, although there's a fair number of security experts that just think passwords are basically dead and broken. We just haven't really solved the problem yet. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty true. I don't know what the solution is yet. Uh, but, yeah, it seems like passwords are are not the solution. And some of the things we're going to get to a little later in the show, like security questions... Uh, and some other things, uh, I think, highlight how broken passwords are. But, I mean, one point is if someone has access to your email address, uh, like, your, I guess, your email account, um, they basically have password power over everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is not super secure, right? You're not supposed to, like, have one account to control them all. It's not supposed to be a Lord of the Rings password situation.
1: Yeah, well, I just make my password, I just make it the word password.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the the smartest thing to do, I think. I mean...
1: Whoa, oh, we might have to edit this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Whoa, boy, wait a minute. I think I just put myself on the hot seat.
0: You just got put on the hot seat.
1: <laughs> do you really make your password password? Well, yeah, We'll we'll, we'll see if this makes the final cut.
0: Uh yeah, I I have a simple password that I use for throwaway accounts. Yeah, I'm just like kidding.
1: I, I don't make it password. I don't believe you. Anymore. I make it asdf.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that I believe. <laughs> uh, well, that is kind of kind of the thing with for a guy that signs up for websites for a living. Um, kind of have to kind of <laughs> have to have some good password hygiene. <laughs>
0: Or just not care about all your accounts, right?
1: Well, and it's also a thing where, like, I usually test. I, I'll like throw a weak password at it to see if it'll flunk me. It, yeah, and then sometimes it'll be like, "All right, <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, note <laughs> to self: I have to go back and kill this account, or at least change the password in the future, or something." Right?
0: Yeah, I, I actually there's some accounts uh, where I sort of intentionally don't care what I change the password to because I know that. I'm going to forget by the time I use it again, and I'm just going to go through the reset password flow.
1: Right. Yeah, you
0: just just keyboard mash. Yeah. Um, so that, honestly, that's not a great experience. Keyboard mashing? Well, feeling like I'm obligated to reset my password every time I access the account.
1: Oh, yeah. And why is that? You just don't think you'll remember it?
0: Usually they have some like really arbitrary password requirements, like we're discussing,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and you can't like reuse any passwords ever, Ugh. or combine them like in any way, any obvious way, and
1: yeah, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. The absolute worst. Um, and of yeah. course, it's always and like what I sort of alluded to, uh, what to twenty minutes ago, like it's it's banks that are doing this.
0: Yeah, it's really strange when it should be sort of the most forward-thinking places about security are sometimes the most backward.
1: They're, they're, they're making the safe call, not the right call.
0: Um, and this really kind of leads us into the next thing, which is kind of it is strongly related to passwords and the email situation.
1: Oh, the I think password flow. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm rubbing my hands together. I think I know what's coming up. And it's security questions. Oh, No.
1: Not not, not what I was thought. thinking. Um, what well, what were you thinking? Should we address it first? No, I just what does what does email have to do with security questions? Oh, gotcha. Uh,
0: well, uh, usually it's part of the flow to get the email or something. At least for for what things like banks, you usually have to say, "Oh yeah, this is my email address," and then answer a question or two. Yeah, and then you get the email,
1: buddy. I can I could talk I could talk all afternoon about this one too. <laughs> Um, well, I
0: think this is kind of a problem, and a lot again, security community has sort of debunked this as a practice, because when it's just like a a set uh, group of questions, especially ones as bad as like, what's your mother's maiden name, or like other things that are totally public information. And you know, I, it was funny. This is a good anecdote, I guess. My wife and I were talking about how when I I remembered when I was a kid that police officers and whatnot had unlisted phone numbers. Uh, Wait, there was and, a rumor? No, it's, it's a real thing. Oh. Uh, it's like you couldn't, you couldn't ask the operator and you couldn't look it up in a phone book. Um, but she immediately pointed out, she's like, well, why does that matter? Because, you know, you can totally just like look up if they have a house or whatever, then they're in on the tax roll and nobody gets exempt from that. So you can just look them up on like the County uh, websites your mom
1: was,
0: was like, like a hacker. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, is my wife?" I oh, was like, was "Your well, wife?" That's a good point. And I was like, "Honestly, you know, the day of the unlisted number was sort of pre-internet. So now it's it's pretty broken. There's like a lot of available public information. So I kind of feel like a lot of these security questions are are equally broken cuz it's easy to look up basic information like this." Yeah. Uh, and then if, if that's your flow, like to reset a password or even to get into an account is just security questions, uh, you basically just created a new password with much, much lower restrictions and generally going to be worse and often going to be dictionary attackable, uh, if not even easier than that, uh, as a backdoor into the account. So it hasn't actually enhanced security at all.
1: Yeah, right. With all these weird, weird rules that they have for one text field. The other one's just, just <laughs> type in uh, Buster as your name of your dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Buster gets you access to the account now.
0: Along with, you know, correct horse, battery, staple, dollar sign, per- percent,
1: hat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I gotta agree with you on that one. So it sounded like you had a pretty
0: pretty big take on this i i'm thinking it's maybe some more onboarding
1: direction uh, well, I guess it is by its nature kind of onboarding centric um
0: I'm not minimizing it. I'm actually interested
1: yeah no no no, I'm just saying i don't know how yeah anyway uh. I will say when i when I said that I could talk all afternoon about this, I did real I was like, actually, I think I only have like one or two points, but <laughs> it was more just that I was enthusiastic. I think my eyes were big my my eyes were bigger than my stomach on that one, but uh I would say the thing that stands out to me is like be careful about how you're phrasing these questions. like if you say, for example, what is your dog's name, that is something that can change over time. And especially yeah. if it's something where a year or two goes by, let's say, for example, it's applying at the DMV to register your car or, uh, something that's tax related that only happens once a year. And like clockwork every year, you're like, Oh yeah, I don't remember what that password was. Uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll reset it. What is your dog's name? Oh, well, what was my dog's name back then? Now I have <laughs> right. two, you know, like that, but like, when was that? <laughs> When did I set this up? Yeah, exactly. I have a funny story for you. It's a little it's 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 almost completely unrelated, but it popped up in my head. <laughs> I'm in. So, <laughs> I was I was doing um I I doing a a project with a company that shall not be named, and they they wanted to pay me with a credit card because then it wouldn't have to go through like the corporate uh right. overview kind of thing. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, and uh, gave him, and so he's like, okay, well, I just need your PayPal address, and gave him the PayPal address, and uh, I heard back a couple days later, he's like, yeah, um, it didn't, we, it was rejected, after all. And I was like, oh, well, what, why is that? Well, uh, when we tried to pay you via PayPal, your account self-reported as being a pool cleaning and supplies company. <laughs> and i was like what and so apparently when you're setting up your paypal account which i did 12 years ago or whatever it asked you to pick your industry and i guess at that time i was like i can pool sound kind of cool and and chose <laughs> pools and ever since then that's been my quote unquote industry and right. uh and uh the company that shall not be named uh would have no reason to cut a a check of the size that it was cutting me for pool cleaning supplies.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So that's a yeah, that's amusing. And, <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of related, kind of related. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. These these things change. These things change, or even just like, what if you just? I mean, how many people are like, uh, "What's my dog's name?" Blah, 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 blah. Just you know, type in a bunch of letters. Okay, on to the next thing. So there's, but right. so yeah, so these change. You have to remember what was it. When I, when I created the account, and then there's also things where it's like, "What's your favorite movie?" Where I I might give you an, a different answer a week yeah. from now. Yeah, I agree. Even stuff like like, "Who's your best friend?" Oh yeah, uh, yeah.
0: You know, like in a week or two, that probably doesn't change. But in a couple of years, it very well could. Yep. Uh, and then like we've kind of attacked some of the, the like the really static information, like where were you born. What's Your Mother's Maiden Name? Those are pretty much one Google away. You,
1: uh, you might even have to Google it yourself. Right. Where was I born? Or then maybe <laughs> maybe you're incentivized to, to lie.
0: Yeah, that's actually... So some of the people that talked to for, about this from a security perspective that I've seen uh, said that this was the best strategy just to lie about all of it. And, but then you have to like – it's kind of like there's – what is it? There's a scene in Spy Game with with Brad Pitt and Robert Redford, and he makes Brad Pitt's character go up in this apartment and like wave to him from a window. And he does it, but when he comes down, he explains how he got up there, and he had to tell this old lady who owned the apartment uh, a series of lies. And, and Redford's point as a sort of like spy craft trainer is, well – Uh, It's good that you achieved it, but now you've told three lies that that have to be true. Like, from now on, those are true. Oh. Um,
1: You have to live your
0: lie. Exactly. So if you're going to lie on these things, then you kind of have to own it forever. Be consistent,
1: not uniform. (laughs) It's just like jazz. (laughs) Well, I I have another another, uh, tangential anecdote I could take us on. (laughs) Okay. So... I don't know what I was. Again, it's like, what was I thinking when I said it? I don't know. Um, but I remember. I don't remember what the account was. I think it might have been a bank or maybe a cable company or something like that. And I called, and I was talking to an operator, and the operator was like, "Oh yeah, we can close your account or whatever it was I was trying to do. You just need to tell me what your password is, like what you used when, like what you used to sign into your account." And I was like, oh, no, because for whatever reason, the only time I ever did it, the only time I've ever done it since, uh, when it was time to choose my password, I typed the first word that came into my head and that word was crappy. And so <laughs> this, this dude on the other end of the line was like, yep, just tell me your password and we're cool. And I could kind of like get a sense where he was like, because he has to know what it is, you know, to confirm yeah. it. Right. So I think he's like, all right, well, we're going to make this guy say this word. And so I was like, uh, crap crappy, It's the password is crappy. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he was like, all right, <laughs> just, <laughs> okay, you're all done. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't make your password the word crappy, because it's just going to, it'll just come back to haunt you. No upside to that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's some other obscene things you should probably avoid.
1: Right. Yeah, can you imagine Something like a <laughs> super racist or something like that? Right,
0: or just like anything an NFL player would say.
1: Ugh. Yeah, very timely. Dark, dark times. Dark, uh, dark times. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, so yeah. Shall we just proceed? Yeah. So, uh, I guess. Well, uh, let's let's summarize really quickly. So, for security questions. A, nothing that can be publicly looked up, B, nothing that could change, C, maybe don't have them at all? Were those are the three main recommendations?
0: Yeah, and then and then one was kind of, I guess it was a little tangential, but if, if you'd like, lying may be a more secure version of giving the answers, but you've got to be careful because it's kind of the same problem as the things that change.
1: Right, it's hard to hard to remember. Well, and the thing that I always wonder as a user is, like, let's say, it asked me for my birthplace. How do I know it wasn't just the name of the city versus the name of the city comma state versus the name of the city right. comma state spelled out? Like, you don't remember even just the formatting that you used when you answered it. Upper ver- uppercase, you know, versus yep. all lower. Is it case sensitive?
0: Yeah. My my city of birth is a. Is actually two words, so I'm. I feel the the formatting problem intensely. It's like, well, is there a space or no space? Right. Is it capitalized or not? Is that?
1: Yeah. Cordeline, can you imagine what a nightmare that would be? <laughs> That's the end of the world. Yeah, you know so what that like poor Prince. Oh boy. <laughs> it's got that, like the u u with the accenté on top of it. Right.
0: Yeah, or maybe one that's like too long for uh for the field. You know, so that would be pretty frustrating. <laughs> right. Just a total nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've got a couple couple other things to to go through. Uh, one is, and I've seen this done really well. Actually, I haven't seen this done poorly in very many places. Uh, maybe if anywhere, then at banks. But uh, it's okay. They're they're just
1: the people that have all of your money.
0: Yeah, it's no big deal. Uh, but the, the subject is session timeouts. So if you've if you oh, got incredibly cool. sensitive information in an account, you, you need to time out, uh, whether it's mobile or it's on the desktop or whatever. Uh, so I basically just think the best practices here are things that are usually fairly standard. Uh, like you need to alert the user that they're going to be timed out in the app if they don't do something.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and you need to also make sure that you give them some context, like why are you timing them out? Uh, and then if you do time them out, then you need to leave some kind of alert that, hey, we logged you out, and this is why, with some sort of some supporting microcopy that, that maybe they have to click on something to see, but just make sure that they understand what's going on and that they aren't lost, like they know how they got where they are if they come back to a tab, and they're like, oh, what happened? Um, and this is... Uh, I think this is usually done pretty well. I think... Like I'm thinking of Mint.
1: I think Mint does this really well. So, how do you feel about timeouts in general? Like are you you're like, "Yeah, hey, if you got to do it, do it."
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like for for information that's pretty sensitive, like financial information or maybe maybe like health data of some kind, that it it does make sense to do. Um, but I think a lot of security stuff people and this is sort of one of my tips, uh if we're breaking into that kind of thing, um a lot of times, these these practices get overused, and part of it is that the the product doesn't even understand what people are using it for. Like, there's a good example of uh, there's a backup service that has like 21 steps to to sign up, and it's because they're really security conscious. Um, but it, it turned out that they, everybody was just using it to like dump screenshots. Um, or to, like, share things with friends and not actually as a a sensitive information backup. So the whole process was, like, out of line with the use case. And I think it's really important to make sure that if you're putting these sort of security barriers in place, they know that even if you do them well, it's going to be a hardship and it needs to be really required like it needs to be really something that's helping the user ultimately
1: yeah i concur i don't i don't have much of an opinion on the the timing you out part but uh i liked a lot of what you were saying about if you do then then message it like a human yeah like i i know for me that there, uh, there's a bank website in particular that will time you out like while you're in the middle of doing something because it makes you open a new Micro window, right? To do the thing that you're like doing, and then when you try to go back to keep doing more stuff, not only has it logged you out, but it's also like, congrats, you've success, you have successfully been logged out, or like, <laughs> right. like something congrats. really patronizing, out. right? Yeah, like Yeah, what, uh, nice. yeah. maybe if, if you're a website, don't be condescending. Thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that that's pretty important to like have your
1: messaging be. Relevant. <laughs> there you go. You won't um, find me arguing with that point. Yeah. So uh,
0: another thing, and it kind of came up when we talked about password requirements. I think it, when, it, especially when it comes to security stuff, that you should be overly proactive about options. Um, so if we're talking about password requirements, then they should be there and be clear before anybody starts typing. Um, and then also other minor things like if someone's trying to contact or if someone can contact support or reset their password then whenever they have a failed login attempt it should be really clear hey this is how you get in touch with support this is the you know link to start resetting your password like don't make them search for it on a
1: page that hasn't changed other than saying you can't log in but well, yeah that's a good point do you have other main topics to cover, or are we just freestyling now?
0: No, I just have a few of these tips. I don't have, like, major topics. I, the only other major topic I could think of was, like, how to use encryption, but that didn't... Hmm. I can't think of a lot of, like, mainstream applications that, that really touch on that with people.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, I, I can think of a couple other user-facing things. Yeah. Like, oh, you just shoot, made me man. think... Uh, like auto lockout, like you just tried to log oh, in three yeah. times, yeah, totally. How, How do, you do you feel about that? well, as a user, it infuriates me,
0: yeah, I kind of hate it as a user,
1: especially you'll find that it's because of these uh, bozos who have like this unremember un unrecollectable security questions, so it's like, all right, I'll just try to guess my password. And then you try to guess it five times, and it's like you're you're shut out for twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the worst. So, I guess if you're gonna go down that road, at the very least, let people know early and often, like you have this many guesses left. Right.
0: Yeah, I. It, you almost shouldn't start counting down until they failed once, and you tell them, "Hey, you've only got this many tries. Uh, you know, be careful or whatever."
1: And does it really need to be, I mean, because I I can certainly, you know, as as a user, I appreciate that they're looking out for my interests. And I guess that they're preventing, uh, uh, protecting you from like a brute force attack? Yeah, I guess. But does the threshold need to be five? Or like, I mean, even a thousand guesses wouldn't be even really scratching the surface, right?
0: I think in most cases that's true, yeah. Except uh, that
1: I guess maybe it's just, like, like the people who actually do make their password the word password.
0: Yeah. Like, if I guess if you knew what the top five...
1: What's that? <laughs> I said that definitely shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> right. But it, I, I guess if you just knew, like, the top five most used passwords, then you could just just crank through every account that you could try to guess and just guess that it's one of those five and hit on something.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that works for especially for places without any requirements.
1: Yeah. And uh, and I feel like it, maybe there's not a natural segue here, but I feel like we should also mention a, a lot of web security is not how safely the data is stored. It's how uh what do you call it? Meatware? Um how yeah. easily you someone can Sweet talk their way into someone giving up the keys to the kingdom.
0: Yeah, just uh, it's the Great Wall of China problem, right? Nobody
1: ever stormed it; they just bribed the guards. Ooh, I, d- I never heard of that. Yeah, is that like it's a different. thing? Like, does it have its own Wikipedia page?
0: Um, I guess it's I kind of if... a
1: one-liner. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know if that specifically does, but it's. I mean, it's it's, it's it not like the prisoner's fact. dilemma.
0: Right, not and not it's not on that level. So, uh, right. but it is a known security problem that like the humans break pretty much any sensible security system because their humans are not secure.
1: Wait, well and you also have uh, people who are making like minimum wage uh minding minding the uh the lookout tower.
0: Right, as as Jerry Seinfeld puts it, I think uh You've entrusted the security of the airplane to someone who's chosen to sit in front
1: of an X-ray machine every day. Hey, no, no you're not going to besmirch the the wonderful TSA on my watch, friend. <laughs> That's why I put it on Seinfeld. Oh, okay. So long as as long as you're passing passing the buck, then fine.
0: <laughs> exactly. I've I've neatly sidestepped the issue.
1: <laughs> uh. Yeah, so, and there's, like, a thing making the rounds on Twitter right now of, like, how people think hackers work, or how hackers work in the movies, where they're like, I'll just, uh, yeah, like, auto-update, encrypt this to the mainframe with the XYZ, blah, 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 and, uh, and then they're like, how it works in the real world, and the guy's like, hi, uh... I think it's actually in the in the thing is like uh, hi my name's Robert some, oh no, Robert Hackerman and my uh, I'm the local <laughs> password inspector and I'm All just right. calling with a couple of questions and the guy's like oh hi bob what can i do what can i help you with <laughs> can i give you my password now right so yeah uh, yeah or, you know you know what's an interesting listen if you're looking if you're like i like the way this podcast is going what else can i listen to chris i believe it's pronounced Koye? Of uh, CodePen and, what, CSS Tricks? Yeah. Um, Interviewed the person who hacked his website on his own podcast. Oh, that's pretty cool. About why he did it and how he did it and things like that. It's a very, very interesting listen. And as you might imagine, a little bit tense as well. Yeah, I could see where that could get tense. There's some drama built right into it.
0: Yeah. Uh so I had a couple more tips that I wanted to burn through and then if we have any
1: other thoughts, we can throw them out there. Okay, I've got one other major topic to cover, but you go ahead. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to burn these quick. Uh so
0: I think one thing that gets ignored sometimes in everything we've talked about is that it, We sort of touched on it with the meat space question, and it's that really one of the most important things in security is to make sure users understand what's going on and why they're going through these motions. And if you don't achieve some some positive level of understanding, uh, then you've kind of subverted your own security. So you need to keep that in mind and make that one of your goals. Um, And with that in mind, I don't know if it's another tip or a connected tip but uh, when you build these flows for sort of these major things we're talking about, uh, I encourage you to use some user testing around these security practices and and try to iterate to get that understanding. Uh, And then lastly, I really like, I think you've brought this up before uh, with with regard to some of the email and security stuff, but I really like when uh, easy things are easy, especially like non-sensitive easy things, so you can do multi-level account access similar to say Amazon mm-hmm. uh, where you know if you're going to buy something or change your account or ha- access you know purchases or change shipping or a credit card then you you need a password uh but you know if you're just going to like search the website then go right ahead
1: yeah R- we'll roll out the red carpet
0: exactly um yeah
1: well, I,
0: you know, I think we covered a lot of ground, and we're kind of at time here. Uh, but I would like to say, if if Nick or anybody else has anything that we didn't cover, then uh, tweet at us. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can send us something. Success at successfulusers.com. Um, and yeah, we'd be happy to to go through it. Or if you are a security expert. Uh, <laughs> And you'd like to, you know, you would like to pick a bone with us about some of this, or you'd just like to add to the conversation, uh, then reach out, and maybe we can set
1: that up. Yeah, just direct it to Robert, not me.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, I will I will answer. You're,
1: if you're wearing the pants of this episode, you gotta deal with the consequences.
0: <laughs> fair enough, Samuel, fair enough. Yeah,
1: well, Robert... Yes? As always, it's a pleasure. I've...
0: I've never, I've never been anything but happier
1: at the end. And you know what? When we were talking before about uh, pets come and pets go, and favorite movies come and go, and so do, so do best friends. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Right now, Robert's my best friend.
0: Oh. That's that's very kind of you.
1: Yeah. And then I was like, what am I thinking?
0: <laughs> and you're like, oh, I need new friends.
1: Yeah. Ooh, I hope this changes soon. <laughs> uh all right any other any other closing statements or are we were we just just uh putting this one in the can so to speak I think I think we're going to you know <laughs>